Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded tourist, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired. We may learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. Hello, and welcome back to Spirit Scoop. I'm your host, Michelle Lindsay. So today, I don't have too much of an intro. I'm probably going to jump into the episode pretty quickly. Today, I have Medium in the Middle on the podcast. Medium in the Middle, Stephanie. She is a friend of mine. She's a mentor. She, We have so much similarities, a lot of overlap. We talk about, you know, how we both became mediums, our first time with spirit, visitations. We touch a little bit on dreams. We talk about, you know, hearing spirit with our outside hearing rather than our internal hearing, which is usually the the main way that mediums usually communicate with spirit. It's usually more of transfer of thought rather than outside hearing, like you would hear you and I. So we talk about our experiences with that. But yeah, today's kind of fun. We had no rules. We didn't plan anything. We just kind of winged it. Those are the best plans sometimes is to have no plan. We decided to do like a podcast swap. So we, um, we're we both going to be posting the same episode on each other's podcasts. I've known Stephanie for so quite some time now. Like I want to say around three years or so. She's been a business mentor of mine. I've learned Reiki with her. She's an incredible teacher. She is somebody who is so natural at teaching and really breaks it down for everybody to kind of understand, which I really look for in a teacher. But her energy is amazing. You guys will love her. Stephanie Camille is the host of the Medium in the Middles podcast. Stephanie is a Reiki master teacher and a mentor in the spiritual realm living in Banff, Alberta, beautiful Banff, with lots of snow. I'm just dying to visit Banff. I really hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, this is fun. Hi, Michelle. Hey. We're on each other's podcasts. I'm excited to jump in today and just have a conversation with you. Yeah, it's always nice to be able to chat with friends and share the conversation. And I think it's cool because we have a lot of overlap and we have a lot of synchronicities and we all love synchronicities. So maybe should we start with our stories? Because obviously reflection is so 2020 and when you're in it, it doesn't feel so clear. But should we start at the beginning? Do you want to take it away? How did you come into your spiritual realm? When was the first experience for you? I'm interested to know. Yeah, sure. I'll go first. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) My first experience with spirit, um, well, I actually, I lost my mom at a very young age. So I was seven years old. 
Um, I was lucky to grow up with a father who was very open to this type of stuff. So at that young age, he was really open. He received a book, uh, Talking to Heaven. Yes, I have that book. You have that book? Yeah. So he learned about spirit, how to connect with my mom. And he had all these spiritual experiences happen with him. So he was always telling me from a very young age, like, you can talk to your mom. You can talk to your mom. Oh, what an amazing dad. So I talked to her, but it's so hard when you don't have her talking back, right? Or understanding of how spirit communicates back. So I I grew up from seven years old, just always talking to spirit, talking to my mom. And I think that's the first step, right? And connecting with spirit. Um, And for also whoever is listening is like, and you're thinking and asking how to connect with spirit, just start talking to them because they hear us. And it wasn't until my older years of like around 18 or 19, I, I went to my first medium and he told me right away, he's like, your mother is here. And uh, my heart started racing. It was a feeling I couldn't really describe. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's here. She's here. <laughs> and because I didn't know, like after talking to her for all these years, because I couldn't hear her back or understood how spirit communicated back. I like, I didn't know if I was actually talking to her or if I was just talking to like a blank wall. Yeah. When he told me she was there, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it feels so real. And uh, he asked me, have you seen your mom in spirit? And I said, no, I have never seen her and had never had a visitation I didn't even know what that was, but now looking back, I'm like, no, I didn't have a visitation dream. Like I didn't see her. And he told me, well, all you have to do is ask. And I just looked at him like, what do you mean all I have to do is ask? Like, of course, I I probably asked her. Like, I'm just trying to think like, did I ask her? And then that kind of got me thinking. I was like, how could he just make it sound so simple? And we had the whole reading. It was wonderful. And I go home that night. He sent me a recording to listen to it back. And I listened to it back. And I was talking to her like I normally do. And as I was kind of zoning out, I had a TV in my bedroom and it was turned off. So imagining like a black TV screen, you know how it has like um, a reflection that's almost like a mirror. Mm-hmm. So as I was kind of like dazing off, I was glancing into this TV that was turned off. And about five to seven seconds after glaring at this TV screen, I seen my mom appear as a reflection, but I could see her through the TV screen. She was sitting on the end of my- Oh my gosh, I have full body goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it's always so fun coming back to this story because it was my first like, oh my gosh moment. But I seen her sitting at the end of my bed, and I was obviously at the the head of the bed. So it was almost like she was just sitting there hanging out with me. So as soon as I saw her reflection, I, I quickly turned my face away, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this isn't real. Like, did I really just see that? It frightened me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to look again <laughs> just to double-check my facts because – Sometimes I can be like a skeptic to myself. Yeah, we all want to double check. (laughs) (laughs) So I double checked. I looked back and she didn't appear until five to seven seconds after. So when I looked back, she wasn't there right away. But as I gazed into the TV screen, she appeared again. Wow. She was in the same spot, but she looked just like her photos. Like she looked just like I remembered her long black hair 
she was wearing like regular clothing. Like she didn't look like an, an angel or like an orb. She looked like she was just like, you know, how she did. And I was like, it was amazing, but also like it got my heart beating so fast. But ever since then, that was almost like, an, like, I feel like I definitely had a lot of awakenings in my life, but that was definitely one of them where it just awakened me. And I had that validation, like that confirmation that all these years I was actually talking to her and it really just like opened me up and um, it felt like I was finally ready to see her. So that was my first like, Oh my gosh moment. And having that be my mom was like so special. Wow. So from seven to 18, were you just talking to your mom and just not receiving anything being like, this is normal because my dad told me that I could do this. Yeah, exactly. And like, looking back, I'm sure there was ways that she was trying to communicate with. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I only knew how spirit communicated, right, then I think it would have been a lot different. But but yeah, and then once I kind of like learned that, then that's when everything kind of transformed. And then what made you go to the medium when you were 18? Like, was there something that pulled you? Yeah, well, I think I've just because I grew up talking to her, my dad was so open to it. I and there was like these TV shows online. And I always thought, Oh, that would be so cool. But I also was like, Oh, I don't know, like you go to the playland, like the peony in Vancouver, and they have these like psychics there. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'm a little bit skeptic. So I'm like, okay, I really want to like find a, a medium who I know somebody went to that had a good experience. So a lady at my work, she was telling me about this guy. And I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> like, she's like, everything he said came true. And she's like, I went to him 20 years ago. I have this whole story on my podcast, Spirit Scoop. But I kind of go through my whole, like, journey of, like, I labeled the episodes, like, 1 to 10. So I kind of want people to go in order. But then after that, they can kind of listen to it whenever they want. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> I love that story. But definitely is, like, it goes so much more to it. Wow. Yeah. Layers of it. That's so interesting. Your dad. Wow. That's amazing that he was just like, this is how it is. Yes. So I was very lucky to have him. (laughs) What was your story? What was your first spirit story? My first time. Um, So my first time, and I didn't know it was spirit at the time. So probably similar to you just like weird things started happening. You're younger. You don't know really what's going on. I was in my late 20s, though, when this happened. So I was the night before I was taking a Reiki crystal healing class. So I'd taken my Reiki level one. And my Reiki master teacher was like, oh, I do a crystal healing class. And we were like, cool, sign me up. So the next day I was going to do the class with her. And I was laying in bed with my ex-fiance. And you know, when you're in between sleep and you're still awake, like you're conscious, but you're not. And I just started like jabbering all of these things about his grandpa who had passed away before he um, was born, who he was named after. And he was like kind of entertaining it. And then he was like, Steph, go to bed. Like you're falling asleep. You don't know what you're talking about. And I kept asking him all these questions. And he was like, I don't know. I never met him. Like, what do you, you know this? And I was like, well, did he used to wear a brown hat and what's going on? And I had all this like random information that was coming through. 
And I was like, he's moving glass window planes. Who's building a window? And he was like, go to bed. Anyway, so his brother was going to Italy the next day and we thought it was like something to do with his brother going to Italy and the picture that I saw in my head. So when I woke up the next day, his like brother had sent me this picture of his grandpa wearing a brown hat and he was like, is this the picture you saw? And I was like, no, but I was like, maybe you're just supposed to like bring it with you to Italy. Like, I don't know. Anyways, and then I went to this crystal healing class and I thought that my Reiki master would have all the answers. So I was like, this weird thing happened last night and I don't know what was going on. And she was kind of like, I don't know either. (laughs) And I was like, oh, like you don't know everything. And I think that's a common, like now that I'm where I am now, I think that's a common misconception is that we know everything and we do not. Um, Yeah. I'm like, I don't know about astrology. I don't know about this. I don't like, I just know about what I know. So yeah, she was like, I don't know. She's like, I do Reiki. She's like, I don't do that stuff. So she pulled cards for me. And that was the first time anyone ever pulled cards for me. She's like, it's a man. It's from the past. And I was like, yeah, I know that. She's like, it's for your partner. And I was like, yeah, I know that. So anyways, then I was driving home, called my my partner at the time. And I said to him, like, meet me at your mom's house. The photo that I saw in my mind is in a shoebox at your mom's house. And he was like, my mom's not home. We like, I was like, we have the key. Like, meet me there. And it just so happened that like the week prior to this, they were going through all these old photos because it was the anniversary of like their family business. So they were looking for old photos. So they had all of these old photos out already, like on her counter was shoeboxes of photos. And he was like, how did you know this was here? And I was like, don't ask questions. Like start looking for the man in the brown hat. So anyways, we were going through boxes and boxes of photos and every man with a brown hat and a checkered shirt, he would show me, is this him? No. Is this him? No. And then finally, like, he pulled up the photo and I was like, that's him. That's him. That's the guy that I saw in my dream. And we had to text people to figure out who was this man because he didn't know who it was. Um, So it was very confusing at the start. And same thing. I have episodes on the podcast way, way, way back. Um the first time I think was that podcast, but that's how it all started. And it was kind of confusing for a while. Like I'm sure for you too. And we can talk about this. Like, it's not like the movies. You're not like, Oh cool. I'm a medium. Like I'm Teresa Caputo now call CBC, get me a, a like a TV show. Like you feel, I don't know. I felt really crazy. How did you feel at the start? Like, it's funny. Cause yeah, it's like if you don't have the kind of like the background knowledge of like how spirit communicates, like signs and like what to look out for, it's like we can easily take it for our own feelings and not so much like spirit. Yeah, and I knew nothing back then. Like I was just Yeah. I always call them the muggles. I was a muggle. <laughs> Do you think that your clairvoyance came in first for you? Like very are you very visual when it comes to getting with spirit? Ooh, thinking back, I guess, yeah, that was probably the strongest. The way I used to describe it, it was like a movie in my head. So I would see some things, but it wasn't always clear. So like if someone was like six foot four and really big, I could see that they were very tall and very big. If someone was short and round, I could see that they were short and round. But I I couldn't always see like details of it. And I... I don't think I work that way as much now. Like I do get it sometimes, but it's like more of a knowing now. I'm just like, oh, there this. Oh, this happened. Oh, this. But I do still see, but probably not as much as I did at the beginning. 
Okay. That's interesting that it's kind of started with dreams for you, but you said it was like kind of like sleeping. Yeah. I was like, I was like an awake state. I, yeah, I think it was just that unconscious mind. Yeah. It's almost like that meditation state where it's like your human brain turns off enough. Exactly. Do you remember the first spirit that you spoke to after your mom? It's interesting because I created such strong boundaries early on. Which is hard, which is hard. Good job. Yeah, I've had the experience with my mom, but I didn't understand of how like spirit would talk back. Like I didn't hear it with, usually it's like transfer of thought, right? And I always imagined it like you would hear them as if me and you were speaking with their like, what is it like your outside hearing rather than like your inside hearing. So I didn't know what to look for. I never really heard spirit back, but I did create some strong boundaries with spirit because there was like an earthbound that came to my house that I didn't love their energy. So I learned those boundaries then. (laughs) And now that I look back on it, there was like that gap of like, not seeing spirit, not Mm. seeing them, not dreaming about them. Um, There was that gap. But it wasn't until like I found my mentor, um, the Squamish Medium, where she taught like how to how to work with your clairs and how spirit communicates. So it wasn't until I actually did like a practice session once like I took the class and I learned as soon as I kind of tuned in, that's when I would say that I was aware of how spirit communicated. So I was able to have more of a conversation like back and forth rather than just like a one-sided conversation. Yeah. And this is where our paths cross because it was through that group um, that I was also taking Danielle's initiation. Was I in the round before you or after you? I think you were right before me. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's how we kind of crossed our paths. And it was really interesting because that was four years ago, was it? Yeah, I think mine was like three-ish, three-ish, three and a half or something, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. I always remember time based on like what house I was in and, mm-hmm. and what was going on. But that course was like a really big opener because we had to practice so much. Yeah. And every week you had two practice sessions and it was just like, go ahead. And everyone was like, well, I don't know what we're doing. And it was like, well, neither do we. So Totally. It's like that comfort area of like, what did Danielle say? She's like, honestly, if nothing happens this whole, the whole time that you're practicing, that's okay. Or if you only sense like one thing, that's okay. I think it's about like, for me, I had to like, re-invite spirit to come into my life like okay guys now I'm taking down the walls that I built that I didn't even realize of how like strong the walls were Mm -hmm. and now I'm like okay guys it's okay you can come back in (laughs) yeah and I think that's a good thing for us to talk about because now we both teach this stuff and we help other people through different avenues but the biggest thing that I'm always trying to tell people is like you can have boundaries and spirit will always come back They're like, you know, someone who's obsessed with you that will never leave you alone. Like you can have boundaries and when you're ready to talk to them, they'll be there. Like you can tell them no. And when they're ready, they'll be there. So I always like to use the analogy of like a phone call. Like you can hang up the phone and they all still call back tomorrow. Or like you can not talk to them all day, every day. But when you pick up the phone, they're still there. So it's just like that reminder that whenever we want to take down the boundaries, that's okay. And you can put up boundaries and it's okay. Totally. 
But that that brings me to like, I don't know, I get asked about fear a lot. So I always think like, was I afraid at the beginning? And I think I felt more like scared of being crazy more than like scared of spirit. Do you like remember your fear at the beginning? Did you have fear? Were you afraid at all? That's such a good question. Yes, I was fearful. <laughs> There's definitely stories where I'm like, I was scared, scared the crap out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like spirit would scare you? Well, just not expecting it, you know, and just. Yeah, like, like out of nowhere. It's all new, right? And and you're wondering what the heck is happening. I didn't so much think I was crazy because I kind of trusted what I've seen. Mm. But if I would tell it to other people, then they're like, what? So I was really like careful of who I shared it with. But that's so interesting that you like were never really fearful. Did you find that, did you have a close circle that you could share these experiences with? <laughs> no, I I think it was so overwhelming like you have to think about it. I know I'm sure everyone listening to this on both of our podcasts are probably spiritual people, maybe you're a medium as well. But like I was just I was a CrossFit coach. I was working at Lululemon. I didn't like I wasn't really into spirituality. I wouldn't say like I like liked it, but I wasn't like super into it. So when it first started happening, I just remember I'd be like coaching a class and I'd be like, hello, everybody, like 4 p.m. class. And they're like, hey, Steph, how are you? And I would just like dead stare them and be like, I think I can talk to the dead. (laughs) How are you? And they're like, yeah, good. So we're doing thrusters today or like whatever. But it was like so all consuming. I feel like I just blurted it out to anyone because I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to talk to. I was just like waiting for someone to say something and everyone's like, Oh, cool. Like half the answers were like, okay, cool. So the weather. And then like the other half of the answers were like, no way what's happening. And it was just like that search for answers at the beginning, which is why like there's so many more resources now. I feel like people are really coming out of the spiritual closet, but I don't know if I just didn't know where to look, but I was like, am I the only one in the world that can do this? Like, am I all alone? And I think that was scarier than spirit. I was like, yeah, cool. Like Joe's here, but like, what's going on with me? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, totally. Like, I feel like there was like that only one book talking to heaven that I knew about. Yeah. And back in the day, it was just Danielle's podcast. Like, I can't think of any other podcast at the time. Like, I don't know it's because, if it's because, like, of pages that I'm following, but now yeah. I feel like everywhere I look, there's, like, so much resources. But same with me, like, because are you born in, is it 1990 or 91? 89. I'm an 80s baby. Okay. I'm 91, so I'm not too far back. But yeah. we kind of grew up around the same period of, like, like for that medium that I even found, like, I found it through somebody. Like, cause I feel like that's how you would find people. Yeah. Same thing, like my cousins used to go to mediums, but like I never went to a medium. I never went to a psychic. I guess I was afraid. I was always afraid of what they would tell me because I'm like a I don't want to know type of person. Oh, Ooh, I love to ask this question to people. Do you want to know when you're going to die? I'm the opposite. I want to know everything. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything at all. <laughs> Craziest thing is that... I don't know, like, obviously the year that I'm going to die, 
But I do have like past life memories of coming into this lifetime and creating my my soul contract of what people would call it. And I know that I'm going to live a long life. And I do have an idea. I do know how I'm going to pass. <laughs> Not an idea. I do know. Oh, you do. I won't say it. <laughs> and I won't tell anybody in my family or friends or anything. But um, it is something that I am aware of. And I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I guess same thing. I am aware of a year that I'm going to die. Um, I don't oh, I, actually I should say a number. So I don't know if the number is my age or the year. That's the only thing. But I have a good idea. Same thing. I know I'm going to live a long life, but I don't think I'm going to live to be like 90. So I have like some information, but I'm a like, I don't want to know. Like if you were going to tell me like when I'm going to meet my husband, I don't want to know. If you were going to tell me what I'm going to be in 10 years, I don't want to know. If you're going to tell me I'm moving, I don't want to like, I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> Are you somebody that like typically likes surprises? No. I hate surprises. (laughs) (laughs) I hate surprises. Yeah, which is interesting because you think I would want to know. I think just like knowing would make me anxious. Well, I'm the opposite. I love surprises. But when it comes to my life, I want to know everything, every detail. (laughs) Oh, interesting. How did that come to you? Like the number, were you meditating on it? Or were you like, I wonder how that came to you. I think it was a conversation that I was having I think with a medium named Brie or another medium. And we were talking about like, would you want to know when you're going to die? And the other person was like, yes. And I was like, no. And then I think I was thinking of it. And I just keep thinking like, do I want to know that? Like, do I want to know that? And I think like, even for like loved ones in my family, I want to know when they're going to pass like a warning. I don't want to know like it's tomorrow. I want to know, like, this is going to be the last time you see them. Call them and tell them. So, like, it has happened to me, um, not the last time I went home, but the time before. I just knew my uncle was going to pass. And I wouldn't normally go to visit him. Like, he's not someone that I would visit every single time. But, like, I'd see him around at family gatherings and things like that. And I was just like, no, I need to go see him. Like, this is going to be the last time I see him. And they just got a new house and all these things. So, I, like, went to go see him. And I just, like, knew it was going to be the last time. And then when he passed, like a few months later, I was like, yeah, I know, like, because I I knew this was coming. So like, it was kind of like the comfort of, I know this is coming, but I don't know what's going to be like tomorrow. So when they called and told me he was in the hospital, I kind of said to my family, I was like, he's not leaving the hospital. Like, everyone go say bye. Mm. Um, But my family doesn't really believe, not that they don't believe, I know they don't believe me. (laughs) So they were like, yeah, yeah, Steph. I was like, and I was like, don't go tell everyone this. Obviously, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer, but he's not leaving the hospital. And my cousins still to this day will say, we didn't know he wasn't going to come out. And I was like, no, I was saying it. But yeah, I said, everyone get to the hospital now. Uh, yeah, you're like, I was saying it, but I had the exact same thing happen just two months ago with, with my grandmother um, because we were just talking about like, because my partner's never met her. She lives in Ontario. And I was like, we should go visit her and plan a trip around it and go to Toronto and do the sightseeing. And then he wanted to go like next year. And I was like, no, I I don't think so. It's like, it's not looking good. Like we got to go now. And then she actually came to me in a dream. And the dream was me surprising her and then seeing her like not being as healthy as I thought. And, And the whole dream, there was obviously more to it. But I was like, okay, we're booking a flight and um, 
it was nice to kind of get like a, a little bit of a warning, you know, to because she's all the way in Toronto. We had to book a flight. Because you saw her right before she passed, right? Yeah, like a week before. But it was nice to kind of have a heads up because I feel like she visited me in the dream to kind of let me know. Yeah, I had that recently as well. But with my ex-fiance, his one grandma, we were like really, really close. And probably about like once a year, I would think about her and I'd be like, I just wish I could see her again or like call her or like, you know, you just get close with grandmas. And then there was like a week where I was dreaming about her. And Mm -hmm. now I know she was coming to say goodbye. I made a podcast episode about this. And I was like Googling her obituary and I was like, is she dead? Like I, and I felt crazy again. Cause I was like, I was just Googling her name and like seeing if she was passed. And then a week later, sure enough, my dad messaged me and he's like, did you hear that? Like so-and-so's grandma's passed. And I was like, I knew it. Cause she came to say goodbye a week ago and I haven't talked to him in five years. Like, you know, so it's like, I like those things. It's like, give me a warning, come say yeah. goodbye, but don't tell me it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, you need more notice than that. Yeah, I don't want to know if it's tomorrow. No, I think it's interesting too. It's like when you start to think about people, you're like, why am I thinking about them? It's like there's obviously like that some mm-hmm. connection of like, okay, I'm thinking about them for some reason. When you thought about her, was she already passed at that moment? Um, well, I dreamt about her and I dreamt about her, I think two or three times. And I remember like the one time I dreamt about her, I like woke up happy. The next time I dreamt about her, I woke up like knowing that she was passed. And then the third time it kind of felt like a goodbye, like she's in heaven type of thing. So when I found out a week later that she was passed, I couldn't remember the day of my dream, which is why I say write everything down. <laughs> um, but I was like, I wonder if I dreamt about her the day that she died. Cause it was a week ago and I just couldn't remember like, was the dream on Wednesday? Was the dream on Thursday? I just know it was like a week ago that I dreamt about her. And when I found out she had died, it had been at least a week. Did it feel like a visitation dream or, and if not, have you had a visitation dream? Um, yes and yes. So that one did definitely feel like a goodbye. Like when I found out she, she died, I was like, she was coming to say goodbye. So I was like, it kind of reinforced like the relationship that we had. Like I knew she was special. She knew I was special. She knew that, you know, once we were broken up, I like, you know, um, but yeah, I do get visitations in my dreams often. And I had to put a big boundary on it because I like sleep and I like rest and I like waking up rested. So spirit's not allowed to come mm-hmm. in my dreams. So now if I have dreams, they're usually very psychic and like future stuff. And it's like important. Like I've woken up from a dream and been like, oh my God, my friend's in the hospital and like called them and they're like, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, I had a dream about you. Um, so if I have mm-hmm. a dream about something, it's usually very urgent. But what about you? Do you get a lot of dream visitations? Do you like that or not? Oh, yeah. I love the dream world. (laughs) But I love... I love rest. (laughs) I love sleep as well, but I like to go on an adventure when I sleep. (laughs) But that was the first visitation actually I've ever had, which was with my grandmother. Like, still to this day, I'm just trying to think, did I just have one? No. And did you get with clients at all, though? No. Oh, see, I get it a lot for clients. Like if I'm going to see you tomorrow, yeah, they'll come in my dreams tonight. Oh, that's cool. I used to dream about, I used to have earthbounds dream, um, come into my dreams um, back in the day when kind of early in my development and they would show me how they passed, but then I wasn't tuned in. Like I wasn't, I didn't know, right. That was still my stage where what the heck is happening. So I didn't know, like I wasn't passing messages along to other people. I didn't recognize these people that were coming into my dreams. So now looking back, 
I was like, why did they come to me? But I guess I my light was shining on and they're like, okay, it's dark. We want to find somebody with the light. So I think I was just the only one kind of maybe around the area. I'm the only one listening. So they're going to tell me. Yeah. I always explain it like the hole in the balloon. I'm like, we're the hole in the balloon. So all the air is going to go to the hole. Why us? I don't know. We're just like the access point. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, have you ever astral traveled as we're on the dream subject? So I don't recall, but I get messages all the time from my um, friends and from my students that will say that I was in their dreams and I was helping them or that I'm astro traveling and doing things for them at night, like Reiki healings and stuff. I have one client that I see in person that is like, you helped me in my dream. You did this. You did this. Do you remember doing this? And I have no awareness of it. So I've had like a few people are very adamant that I astro travel to them and I don't have any memory or I don't know what's going on. So I've been told, but I'm not aware of it. I'm pretty sure you've been in my dream many times. And I yeah. <laughs> I told you, but yeah, you visit me all the time too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing, but I sleep when I sleep. So, but what about you? Do you find like that you astro travel and you're aware of it? Not lately, not recently. Um, but back in the day, that's, I, I remember, I think it started around, maybe around my mom passed, but seven, eight, nine, I feel like I remember astral traveling. Um, I have this really cool story of meeting Archangel Michael, which was really cool. Yeah. So that was a whole episode oh, there. Yeah. But you talk about that on your podcast. I just wish I knew what I knew <laughs> nowadays. I wish I knew it back then. Now, yeah. Everything would kind of make more sense, but I would kind of wake up from a, the morning. But I felt like I lived like a double life, you know, like I'm somewhere when I'm sleeping and somewhere when I'm awake. And I always just took it as mm. like my whatever happened when I was sleeping, it's not real life. And I would just kind of like push it away. And then I would be like, no, like me my every day this is real life like I was almost like it would play tricks with my mind and I never really told anybody because I was like no I'm just making this up it's probably just a dream but it really felt so real and it was like something that I couldn't explain I couldn't make any sense of it so I just like kept pushing it away and kind of ignoring it but now I would love to have it more but um, I don't have I used to lucid dream that was really fun oh wow but I don't have any wild dreams anymore but I wish (laughs) I got these like crystals in my room I'm like what will help me like have some wild dream experiences because I do miss those oh see I don't I don't like it and I've been finding I've been dreaming more now and I I dream more around Reiki trainings so If I teach Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday night, I just, it's usually just gibberish. Like it's never really anything, but it's very vivid. And I think it's just the energy of my students because I'm probably like opening up to them and holding space for them. But I'm always like, I never sleep well on the Friday or the Saturday because I just feel like I'm so active in my dreams. Uh, So yeah, it's really interesting. Do you feel rested then when you wake up or do you feel? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) So maybe that's why things shifted. Spirit's like, okay, we'll give you your sleep back. Yeah, spirit's like, you need rest. (laughs) It's funny how like things just change. And it's like, well, through this, like this time zone, I was getting a lot of this and this, I was getting a lot of this. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how we evolve over time for sure. Yeah. I know even like your question of like, oh, like, did you see more? I was like, actually, now that I think about it, yeah, at the beginning, I did see a lot. 
Like now I don't think I get it as clearly as that. It comes in different ways. And I I don't think it's like a good or a bad thing. I think it's just evolution. Like this is what you needed then. This is what you need now. Sometimes you need to dream. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. So what about Claire audience? That's like the one Claire I'm like, bring me more spirit. (laughs) I, I don't hear a lot. I, uh, sometimes I'll like quote unquote hear things repeating so it'll feel like something's like repeating in my head, S- like with names and stuff. I won't get the names, but I'll be like, oh, I'm hearing like it ends in ah, or it it's a short three-letter name. Like I'll, I'll hear things like that, but it's not very clear. I'll just hear a teeny tiny bit. Um, and same thing. It's not really outside of me. Like I don't hear it like I hear you right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm just hearing that their name end in ah. Was it Amanda? Was it Alana? Was it – I don't know. I just heard the ah. So I don't have that very strong. Have you ever heard spirit with like with your outside hearing? Yes, once. And it was so scary. <laughs> I I was sleeping. Mm. And this was also the only time I've ever like seen spirit in the, like, I want to say in the flesh, but like seen spirit. I was sleeping and I had a roommate at the time and she was this short little tiny girl, my roommate. And I was sleeping with my back facing the door and I heard Steph and it sounded like she was yelling my name and I just ignored her. And then I heard Steph and then I rolled over and my door was open and there was a small little person standing in there and they were saying Steph. And I said out loud, I was like, what do you want? And I was like, why are you like, why is my roommate in my room? (laughs) And then the spirit was just saying Steph. And then it took me like blink, blink, blink and I was like my hair my roommate doesn't have hair like that my roommate doesn't look like that and then I like rubbed my eyes rubbed my eyes staring and I was like <gasps> and realizing it's a ghost and I just started being like no 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 and I was like go away I was like setting all my boundaries and I was like go away but that was like the first time ever that I heard them yell my name I've heard my name a few more times like they'll yell Steph but it's very rare like I think it's happened maybe three times total how old were you when that happened? 28, 20, 28, 29, 20. That's interesting that you've heard them come in just saying your name. Yeah, they say my name to get my attention. Mm. What do you hear? Do you? I just had an experience like last <gasps> week. <laughs> I was cleaning somebody's house. I get a lot of downloads. Yeah. Um, I, have, I do have a cleaning business, so sometimes I'm on the job. But I was listening to your podcast. Um, which one was it? It was... Um, why you don't do mediumship readings podcast. So I was listening to that one. And then towards the end, there wasn't anybody home. There was just me, the other cleaner. And um, the lady was supposed to come home a little bit later. And um, so I heard um, a hello. (laughs) I thought she was coming in the door and I was heard it at a distance. And I was like cleaning one of the rooms and I was like, okay, well the other cleaner is like, you know, in that area. So she'll say hello. And when I come out, I'll kind of say hi. So I didn't respond. And then I came out and I asked the lady or asked the other cleaner, I said, Oh, did the client come home? And she says, no. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I thought I heard her come through the back door saying hello. And it's her voice. It sounded like exactly like the client's voice. Was it the client's mom? (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah, I'm like, um, (laughs) long story short. And then um, I was like, that is so weird. So I was like, maybe she's downstairs because it was a big house. Anyways, we searched the house top to bottom. Nobody came home. And then as we were leaving, the girl, the other other cleaner was like, um, 
this is so weird. The downstairs light is on. So she's like, did the lady come home? I said, no. And she's like, so I remember going up that stairway and it was dark because I turned the light off. So she's like, I ran up the dark stairway. Now the light's back on and she goes down. Nobody's home. The light's back on. Like I heard, hello, like, but that was really cool. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never heard hello. I've only names, I think. It was interesting. Yeah. So it can, then I kind of like was like tuning in. I was like, okay, what is the message here? And uh, then I was able to pass the message along to the to the woman. Her mom was saying hello. And I said, I was like, do you guys have like a very, did anyone ever say that you guys have like a very similar voice? And she's like, yep, I look exactly like my mom and we sound the exact same. Because I'm like, it was exactly your voice, like nobody else. Wow. That's cool that you can pick that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I was like, spirits telling me to like, okay, maybe don't offer mediumship right now. Take a little bit of a break. And then I started to hear spirit coming through stronger. I'm like, okay. That always happens. That always happens. They're like, yeah, good, good try. Here we are. <laughs> and I was like, is this a lesson? Like, you know, when you kind of like surrender and then you just kind of let spirit come through of how they want to. Yeah. Well, I think that's too my favorite part about mediumship is like when they just sneak in like that and you're like, yes, amazing. This was beautiful. It was magical. And it just like happened. Even this, like when we were talking about this podcast, we're like, you know, we won't focus on mediumship. And it's been (laughs) our entire conversation. It's always, you know, whatever's meant to happen, whatever we're meant to talk about. Totally. It'll, it'll sneak in. I think it was that line that you said in the podcast, you're like about not losing magic. Like once you start doing mediumship work, it becomes a job. And I kept thinking about the magic, the magic, the magic. And and then they came through and I was like, oh, that felt so magical. You're like, this is the magic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and you think like, I don't know, I never get sick now of hearing mediumship stories. Like (laughs) when you were telling that story at the beginning about your mom, like I still get full body goosebumps. I'm still like, oh my God, no way that happened. Like it still feels so surreal and you think you'd get used to it, but you don't. I just don't want it to be a job, but I don't want to get used to it either. (laughs) I know. I know. I'd love to talk about Reiki a little bit. Yeah. With like your journey. Because when I think of Steph, I think of you having this beautiful Reiki empire (laughs) (laughs) with the most amazing Reiki classes. So I wonder like how you got into that, how you have scaled your business, like how many students did you start with? How many are you at today? And just kind of, yeah, just briefly of how like you got into it and how things have changed. Yeah. Um, a Reiki empire. (laughs) Um, it feels that way though. Now it's definitely been years in the making. I started, I guess I can remember like going back to when I took my Reiki masters and they kind of teach you like, you need to start teaching. Like this is the point of Reiki masters. And I was like, Oh, I won't be teaching for years. And I remember my like master looking at me and she's like, no, like you'll be teaching sooner than you think. And I was like, haha, like, LOL, what did, she doesn't know. And I was teaching soon. Like, I think I was teaching within eight months and I started shadowing other, um, I had a Reiki master that let me teach with her and then I just shadowed and then I taught with her and then we did it together and then the pandemic happened. So then I started teaching online and I started with four people and then six people and then eight people. And I tested it all the way up to 13 and I was like, 13 is too much. Um, so now I have 11 students per class and it's just been so popular and people have been excited to learn Reiki, which makes my heart so happy. So 
they've just started filling up and I'd add another one and it'd fill up and I'd add another one and I'd fill up and I love business and I'm like, Oh, there's a demand. So I'm going to keep supplying for the demand. And it's been, this is my fourth year of doing two Reiki trainings a month, every single month. Wow. January to December. That's amazing. It's a lot of Reiki. Yeah. Last year I did 22 courses. I haven't counted this year yet. I think this year will be my, I'll end with 74 courses total. Wow. I love that. Thank you. Yes. And you took my Reiki course, which was, I did. we have so much overlap and synchronicities together. And now you offer Reiki. Yes. I started with another teacher and I just didn't, I took level one and I didn't feel like aligned. I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of like, okay, well, I know there's level two and I didn't really feel like I wanted to feel like I wanted to look for somebody that somebody else. And then I came upon you and I was like, um, and then I ended up doing level one again. Um, cause I think I started with Holy fire. Oh, you did. Yeah. But I was like, I was really more focused on like the teacher, like finding the teacher for me, which yeah. is a good PSA. Everyone, you have to find your teacher. Yeah. It's very important. For sure. So I really resonated with you. You said that a lot of people like will take a class and then they come to you and be like, you know, I had this bad experience, but I'm so happy I found you. What do you think it is about the way that you teach Reiki or the way that you set up your courses is kind of different from what you've heard from other people? (laughs) Good question, Michelle. Um, Yes, I do have a lot of people relearn with me. Ooh, what's the difference? I would say I don't cut any corners. And I, the goal of all my courses is to make my students feel as confident as possible by the end of it. And I want you to leave with zero questions. I want you to still maybe not know what you're doing, but you have all the information. Still maybe not feel super confident, but you have everything you need to know. And I felt like I don't know. And I can speak to the courses that I've taken. I've had to figure out a lot of things on my own. So for example, like boundaries and clearing, Mm -hmm. we weren't taught that in my Reiki course. So I'm like, no, 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 we're we're learning about that. And I'm going to share with you everything I learned in a year and a half that took me a year and a half to figure out. I'm just going to tell you in the course, you know, like all these things that are now very helpful for me working in Reiki. I'm just going to tell you now so that you don't have to go spend two years learning it. So I feel like I'm lucky because I Reiki is my full-time job. I do a lot of it. I do a lot of distance Reiki as well, which a lot of people are uncomfortable with. I'm like, that's literally my full-time job. So I'm comfortable teaching it. I have you practice it. I throw you right into it. And because I teach the courses so often, I tweak them and I make them better every single time. I'm like, oh, this didn't work last time. We're doing it different this time. Ooh, that worked perfectly. Oh, okay, now we're going to switch this. Ooh, I should add this to the course. Ooh, someone asked this question. I'm going to add that to the course. Ooh, I didn't explain that very well. I'm going to fix that. Oh, someone had four questions about that. That means I did a bad job. I'm going to fix that. So just like I've taught this class 75 times, like, and I'm so passionate about it. I do it often that I like even people don't. So now when I teach the courses, um, my last course finished like 10 minutes early because no one had any questions. And I was like, this is good because this means that I've answered everything you could possibly think of. 
you know, like if 11 people don't have any questions. So sometimes I'll just rattle things off. I'll be like, oh, okay, you guys don't seem to be asking any questions. Sometimes people ask this or sometimes people ask this. But now I've included so much of that in the courses that I don't have like, there's nothing missing. And I'm available to you so that you can always ask me questions if anything comes up. Like, I don't know. I don't, I view it as setting other people up for success, not just to make a quick buck. Like if I wanted to make more money, I could just, you know, not cap my, my courses at 11 students, but it's not about that. It's actually about making you feel confident. And I think your teacher also has to be confident. And because I have so much experience, I have a lot of examples. I have a lot of what ifs, how abouts, what do you do if this, what if this happens? I'm like, let me tell you, because that's all happened to me. Yeah. Your courses are jam packed. I think it's, from the time I took it, it was, I think it was eight hours for two days in a row, like Saturday, eight hours, Sunday, eight hours. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, so it's split. So it's four and a half hours on the first day, four and a half hours on the second day. So yeah, it's total. Um, but yeah, some Reiki courses are six hours. Some Reiki courses are three hours. Some Reiki courses are, it's just so inconsistent, mm-hmm. which is the hard part. So you really have to like know your teacher, like them, like how they do Reiki. You have to like, are they doing Reiki full time? Do they do Reiki for work? Have they been in the Reiki business for six months, for a year? Like, that's all really important. Yeah, th- that experience of actually being working in the field is super important. Yeah, which is why I'll never give it up because that like keeps me grounded in my teachings. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, I really, I always recommend everybody to your your courses. They are amazing. And I like how, yeah, you're there for questions, even like before, during and after the course. It's like always ongoing support. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important because Reiki, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, we could share things that could save people years. Like I always go back and think of when you remember, you just said the story, but I remember too, when someone says you can talk back to spirit, you're like, what? Like mind blown? Like, what do you mean I can just ask them? What do you mean I can ask them to show up? What do you mean Mm -hmm. I can ask them who they're for? What do you mean? It's just like, so like, so I feel like with Reiki, I have so many of those things where I'm like, let me just save you a lot of time right now. Mm -hmm. I love that. I've been recently adding Reiki into my sound bowl healings, like meditations. And that is like such a nice tool to finish off your meditation with. Like, just I find that people just at that point, they're just floating in the clouds, you know, after yeah. Reiki. It's, it's so beautiful. And I love that you can kind of bring Reiki into a lot of different areas. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. Okay, before we wrap up, I just have to know. So what's your favorite part of the bowls? Because I, I know you've been doing a lot of healings online and you've been doing a lot of the sound bath work. If you were to like pick one thing that's like, oh, this is what makes it so special. What would you say? Ooh, I love the bowls. I can't say enough good things. I love them. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind is for those who kind of have a harder time, like getting into a meditation state with like, you know, sometimes sometimes it's hard to turn off your, your mind, right? I find that the bowls just take you like your meditation that much deeper rather than focusing on your thoughts. Like you're just focusing on listening to yeah. to the frequency of, of the bulls and the fact that the bulls are aligned to each and every chakra like you can 
a lot of people can feel like the waves of the sounds like moving through their actual bodies because they they are they're working with your chakra system so when they say it's like a sound bath like you're being bathed in like a beautiful like bubble of sound like i imagine of just like waves going through your body head to toe yeah I resonate with that. I like the way you just said that because I'm not a good meditator, I would say. Like I'm I like to clean if I meditate, but I recently went to a sound bath and I just yeah, I was floating the whole time. It was an hour and a half. It could have I, I was yeah. like it was 5 minutes. So I find it's really nice like for like you said people who have a hard time dropping in, you're just so in the sound. It's beautiful. <laughs> An hour is like 10 minutes and people are like, oh, I'm like, I, I got to start doing two hour sessions. <laughs> oh, time doesn't exist. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I love it be also because like the sound bowls, like you don't have to do any work. Like people think like, oh, what do I have to do when I go to a sound bath? It's like all you have to do is just lay there and be open to listening. All you have to do is listen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could do it for hours and it would still feel so fast. Yeah. And then when you're playing it, do you like just flow with your intuition? I invite like the angels to come in nice and close. I invite my spirit guides to influence the session. Um, so yeah, it's mostly just intuition for sure. You'll have to come to a sound bath one of these days. Cause I do, I have a lot of people online, like my, um, nice. my audience, they're online. Um, but I also have some people in person. So I'm kind of doing like a balance of online and in-person sound baths. They are available, um, yeah, online if you guys aren't located in Vancouver. And if you are in Vancouver, then I do a person as well. My friend Bree and I, we do usually do like a new moon and a full moon event where she talks about like the astrology and like what's happening kind of in the, the astrology world and like how to work the energies. And then for the last half, I'll do like a sound bath meditation. So you can kind of take what you learned from the first half and bring that into like your meditation, which is like such a nice balance. So yeah, there'll definitely be lots of events that you can come to in the future. <laughs> I know I got to make it to an online one. Sometime soon, the schedules will align. So this was so fun. I know we could probably talk for hours. Um, but should we each Say where we're from. So if people want to follow you listening to mine, where can they find you, Michelle? Yes, I'm from Vancouver, BC. I spend a lot of time on my Instagram. So Soul Connections with Michelle. Um, and then I, yeah, I have the link to my podcast, Spirit Scoop on there and my website. And yeah, feel free if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to DM me or anything like that. I'm always, always open. Yeah, and you do in-person stuff in BC too. So if anyone is in the area, I'll leave all her links down below in the show notes when I post this on Medium in the Middle. Yeah, and um, I'll do the same for you. But yeah, I do in-person for Reiki, distance Reiki. I pretty much do, I think mostly everything is like half in-person, half online these days. So it's accessible for anybody, wherever you are in the world. Same. How about you? Yeah, where can people find you? I am Medium in the Middle, my Medium in the Middle podcast, at Medium in the Middle on Instagram, um, themediuminthemiddle.com for all my offerings. Same as Michelle, everything is offered in person or virtually. I am in Banff, Alberta. Um, so it's fun if you're ever in the area, come say hello. But thank you for having me on your podcast. This was a nice little swap. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me on yours. This was fun. This was actually my first podcast interview ever. <laughs> yeah. You did great. You did great. Uh, thanks for having me.
Thanks. Bye. Bye.